This is your Monday Night Raw review for Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. We're going to dive into everything that was Monday Night Raw last night in San Diego, California, including a main event that I feel like we've seen before in Becky Lynch versus Asuka. The only thing missing was Bianca Belair at ringside. We also saw the Judgment Day return to action against the Mysterios and an Eddie Guerrero finish, which was pretty cool. And also a new championship match added to SummerSlam and much more. Let's Let's get everything started right after this. So in addition to pro wrestling that I need every day, I don't know about you. I need coffee every day and I need quality coffee. That's why I go with coffeeofvalhalla.com. They get fresh roasted specialty coffee roasted the day it ships to your door. Again, it's coffeeofvalhalla.com. That's coffee of V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A-V-A-L-A. H-A-L-L-A.com because the owner is a former service member trying to take care of his battle buddies. He donates 50% of the proceeds to StopSoldierSuicide.org. So order today and use discount code 10OFF, all one word, for a 10% discount. Or you can subscribe and save 15% off of your order. So go get some coffee again at coffeeofvalhalla.com. Coffee of V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A.com, guys. And also donate to a great cause and have a great cup of coffee, guys. Coffeeofvalhalla.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. And you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast. It's Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. I hope everyone enjoyed their 4th of July. And everything ended up the way you wanted. Happy, healthy, safe. You didn't drink too much. Um, you know, whatever the case may be. Or maybe you did drink too much and you, you know, you just had a good time. And that's 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 a good thing as long as as long as you're being safe about it, right? And uh that said, everybody, we are full bore into SummerSlam season. We're now here. It is now SummerSlam season, which could, takes place uh, Saturday. I'll get used to saying that soon enough. Saturday, July 30th. 2022 so there's a lot to uh, digest before we get there a lot of matches yet to be announced and no John Cena versus Theory that doesn't seem to be happening as John Cena or rather uh, Theory has a championship rematch against Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship at SummerSlam so there is no Cena Theory on the card for SummerSlam and I was of the belief it might happen and was a, a good chance of it. And now it looks like they're taking theory and putting him square into the United States championship picture, even though he won the money in the bank ladder match. He did also say that he does plan on cashing in no matter who wins that match, Brock or Roman at SummerSlam. He called his shot already and said that he's going to cash in. So you'd still you'd imagine that Roman Reigns, knowing that people are going to take advantage, as Paul Heyman pointed out on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, that they're going to have some some ace in the hole 
with backup, security, a new member of the bloodline, somebody stopping the cash-in or having an unsuccessful cash-in. And I don't think anybody wants to see Theory as the United States or the uh, the number the uh, undisputed universal heavyweight WWE double unified champion, whatever unnecessarily long name they're giving it, because it'll go from one heel to the next. And I think if you're going to you're going to choose, I think you'd still choose Roman Reigns over Theory because while Theory is really doing a great job, but I'm going to dive more into his his uh, his performance this week on Raw on the on the mic, especially he's, he's really just feeling the 24 years old. My God, uh, the, the guy has I see what Vince sees. I get it. You know, and I've said that the last month or two. Like, I, I see what Vince sees. I understand it. Uh, but uh, so we'll dive into that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so I, I, again, if Theory's calling his shot, you'd imagine that that uh, Roman and or Brock have some backup plan. I mean, it'd be foolhardy not to have something in place, especially on their end, to prevent the, a successful cash in. So that being said... Uh, let's uh, let, let's just introduce us here. We are the WWE Podcast. If you haven't joined us before, I'd encourage you to hit that subscribe button. I'd also encourage you to go ad-free. I know we have ads on the show, and it keeps the lights on and also monetizes my effort as well as others, and why not, right? But we are very appreciative of the sponsors of the show, uh, particularly tonight's episode sponsored by Valhalla Coffee that you guys heard at the beginning of the show. Very uh, thankful for them, and, you know, hey, but if you don't want ads, I understand you had to do patreon.com slash WWE podcast, and everything on there is ad-free. So there, it's a dollar, by the way. You can't go any lower. Patreon won't allow it. <laughs> um, but we also hit a cool little mile marker for such things that anyone cares about. Uh, in Canada, last night, we hit a, a, a record ranking high. Now, these rankings in podcasting fluctuate by the minute, by the hour, but we hit number 17 in all of Canada in the wrestling category for at least a, a brief period of time. I think we're back in the 30s, which is, is still cool. Uh, but for the moment, you know, we were number 17 in all of Canada for wrestling podcasts. So I was you know, pretty, pretty stoked about that. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a thank you to you guys and uh, all the Canadian listeners. You know, that's that's really a thank you to you guys, especially. I'm also going to be filming a one-hour episode of the WWE Slam. It's a video podcast that's on a streaming network called the DuPont Network. So DuPont, D-U-P-O-N-T. Go to DuPontNow.com and get yourself signed up. We air every single Saturday at 8 p.m. We just started this past week. Now, the last week wasn't exactly the best timing, given that Money in the Bank also premiered at that exact time. So, you know, we, we probably hurt money in the bank in terms of viewership. I'm sure uh, that people were turning into our show and tuning out uh, the, uh, the, the the pay-per-view, right? So um, now, if anyone believes I'm serious, I mean, I don't, welcome to the show. This is kind of the way things go. But no, I mean, we, we do have a great partnership with uh, with them, and I would, I would hope it continues. And we have a, a show there every single Saturday. So check that out. Video. Yes, video for an hour. All right. Well, guys, let's let's talk a little more about Monday Night Raw. It opened with the United States champion, Bobby Lashley, and Theory. And uh, the, the, the crowd was really behind him. And you know, we had Lashley talk about Independence Day. 
And sadly, no one is immune to the corporate requirement or corporate, I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, the, the, I guess what, there, there's just something in the contract of all their independent contractors that says you must welcome everyone to every show if you open the show. I don't know when this started. It must have started years ago under our noses, and now it's uh, something that everyone must do. There's, there's some kind of quota that they meet once a show. Everybody must welcome everyone to the show. Bobby Lashley, no exception. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Like, dude, just it's not him. It's it's the company. And and the problem is people cheer it. But what are they supposed to do? Anyway, it's one of those things that no one cares about or complains about except me. So I know I am completely alone on this. It's just it's a micro. It's just a micro uh, example of a larger issue of control when in, they're trying to create a product that appears out of control. Anyway, so it didn't take long before Theory came out, and, excuse me, and he bragged about his triumph on Saturday by beating the odds in, in the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. He even compared himself to Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, even saying he was them combined. Uh, he went, then went on to say he wants to reclaim his United States championship before winning the undisputed World Heavyweight Championship, again, whatever the hell they're calling that, at SummerSlam. And then Theory attacked Lashley with the briefcase before being thrown out of the ring as Lashley got the upper hand at, as, at the opening segment here. So one thing about this, and I'm, I really don't have anything to complain about other than welcoming us to Monday Night Raw, just to, I guess, a weekly complaint, a small one compared to the positives of this segment, which is, Theory, you know, whatever you think of him, and I was down on the fact that Theory won the men's money in the bank ladder match simply because Seth didn't win. That's what my, I've narrowed it down, and I spoke with Anthony DeMarco last night. He and I did a current state of WWE where we focused on a couple of the big matches on money in the bank. We didn't do a full review. But we did cover the big topics and looked ahead to SummerSlam. I really recommend you check it out if you haven't already. Uh, it's in the uh, in the feed here. But my my point is with uh, with theory, the guy has it, man. He uh, he's got confidence. He doesn't feel like a pick from NXT, even though he really is in in real life a guy that Vince McMahon cherry picked. And saw, or you know, maybe he saw, he stumbled across it. Whatever the case may be, we we got a, a Vince McMahon choosing this guy as a on air protege, learning under the learning tree of Vince. That truly was him taking under his wing. I mean, they put it on air, but it also clearly was behind the scenes as well in real life. And I understand why. Again, the guy is twenty four. He's got. He could have twenty years or more in the business longer if he wants. If he treats his body right, doesn't try to kill himself in the ring unnecessarily, taking bumps he doesn't need to. You know all that, barring any injury, barring the fact that he wants to stay that long, barring you know AEW doesn't decide to come along and pay him a bigger offer, that kind of thing. Um, oh, and anyone else hear the pop when Lashley said any promotion? And the crowd was like, oh, he's talking about AEW, right? That was pretty cool. Uh, but with Theory, again, he is, ex I understand it. Like, you look at him and you're like, all right, I get it. You know, is, is he the next Stone Cold Steve Austin? 
time will tell. I doubt it. At least to that level of success, probably not. That's almost impossible to duplicate or even Undertaker or Triple H, any, any of the Hall of Famers. Is he a future Hall of Famer? Again, time will tell. But I certainly understand the the reasoning, the justification for why Theory's in the position he's in. He can wrestle. He looks the part. The guy can talk. He's confident on the mic. He doesn't feel like he's reading a script. He doesn't stumble over his words. He doesn't feel like he's just you, you know kind of going through the motions. I believe that he believes he's that guy, and it's a f- cool feeling. And I understand what they're doing with theory. And you know, we'll see if Vince McMahon's pet project lasts. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns length, or if it's just kind of like one of those flash in a pan picks from Vince, but this one seems legit to me. So I'm, I'm really high on theory in a way that makes me want to see somebody beat his ass. That's, that's what I want in a heel. I don't want a cool heel. You know, I don't want one that's like kind of Bray Wyatt and we'll get to him. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to his little, uh, presumably his little segment on raw, no confirmation, but pretty safe to say it's, it's Bray Wyatt. Um, but certainly, again, I, I, I just want to be positive starting off the show here, at least in the first segment here. I, I really enjoyed Theory and Bobby Lashley, who is getting a really big response from the crowd. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm happy for Bobby on that in that front. So then we got a tag team match with the Judgment Day and the uh, Mysterios. The Judgment Day come out of the crypt. They were released from their uh, servitude or whatever they're doing. <laughs> um, and. They reappeared for SummerSlam season, presumably to have Edge at some point come back and challenge challenge uh, uh, Finn Balor to a match at SummerSlam. That's my assumption. Now we didn't get Edge in this match, and if you if you understand WWE booking, you would look at it and go, "Yeah, this this being number two on a show doesn't almost ever yield a big return. Like if you're going to have edge return, this would have been the main event of the show and edge comes out. You're not going to have edge return at, you know, in segment two of the show. So this, this match was good though. I had no problem with it. I, you know, uh, the, the judgment day, seeing them back at least and getting them back in the minds of fans is good. Rhea Ripley was not with them. So she's still out on medical leave. You know, hopefully she's back soon. And then, of course, Edge is uh, still waiting in the wings to return. But the Mysterios got the double 619. And they assaulted the Mysterios to get an early advantage. And Priest and Balor controlled the action. And they ended up doing an Eddie Guerrero finish where we had Ray feign a chair shot from Finn. And also he did the little shoulder jiggle when he was coming off the top rope for the frog splash. And then, of course, he did the Eddie Guerrero finish. I haven't seen that Eddie Guerrero finish in a while, but the crowd popped. I, I was entertained by it. I, I, it made me really miss Eddie Guerrero. You know, it's it's amazing. I, I'd have to say that out of all of the wrestling, uh, de- the tragic deaths that have happened over the last 20 years, and there's been some really tough ones, right? Luke Harper. Uh, certainly is one of them, especially leaving behind a son and, and all that emotion that went into the AEW, um, you know, the tribute to him with, you know, with his son in the ring and the belt and all that was very heart wrenching. You know, th- there's been some really tragic ones, you know, of course, Chris Benoit, the one we don't talk about ever. Right. But that one's out there, um, you know, but there's something special about the Eddie Guerrero passing that just 
time doesn't matter with this one. Like time isn't, it isn't making us forget it. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like it's not to disrespect any of the other deaths that have happened, but you kind of, you know, you feel bad for a week or two and then we all move on. Right. And it's just human nature. It's kind of the way that we're programmed in today's society, especially with how fast the news cycle happens. Uh, you know, you see all the, uh, the craziness with the mass shootings of 4th of July. You saw the Buffalo mass shooting, right? Like all these just tragic stories, but then after a week or two, people forget and move on. And it's sad to say, but that's how we're programmed in today's society. And it, that same logic kind of spills over into the, the, the wrestling deaths over the last 20 years and, and beyond, you know. But this one with Eddie Guerrero, there's something about it that just still gets fans going like no other death has in WWE. You know, even the fans even the fans still react very positively and strongly when Eddie Guerrero is mentioned or his moves are mimicked. Uh, you know, now Sasha Banks can, I think do now. I don't know if she's still with the company or not, but I think she can do without certainly uh, she can do without mentioning Eddie Guerrero as her hero every five seconds. But when Ray Mysterio does it, there's a real history there. Uh, the, 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 so my point is to the ending of this match, it was a nice tribute. I didn't expect it. And it made me miss Eddie, man. I mean, it, I know it happened in what, 2005, but, um, it still feels like, you know, 17 years and it still feels like it was like a year ago. Um, and anyway, I could do a whole thing. I think I have done a couple of shows specifically on Eddie Guerrero, but anyway, I enjoyed the match. It was a good finish. It got the Mysterios, the victory in their hometown, their hometown heroes without actually hurting the judgment day, a returning judgment day uh, where, you know, it made them look weak to take an actual, uh, a clean loss to the Mysterios. And by the way, I, I, if I ever see Dominic and Ray like kiss each other on the cheek again, I probably going to vomit out of my ears. I just, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Uh, can just, just turn Dominic heel for God's sakes. All right, let's move on. We got uh, AJ Styles versus The Miz. The Miz and AJ resume their feud this week. And after their initial exchange on Miz TV, because every Raw must include a Miz TV, that's another quota that corporate suits for some reason feel needs to happen on Raw. Uh, they brawled against each other. And that, that, that was kind of at the beginning. And even though Styles had more control over the pace, the, the fight, was the, the, their match was, I think, pretty intense and both guys came close to victory a couple of times and employed every signature move from their arsenals and then um, we did get uh, the Miz delivering the knockout blow with the crushing skull crushing finale on AJ Styles for the victory so I think that's kind of a significant development when you're having AJ Styles lose to the Miz now, if you look ahead, you know why AJ, <clears throat> excuse me, the Miz has a match at SummerSlam while AJ has nothing going on. And with the Miz going to be uh, teaming, i.e. probably fighting, uh, going against Logan Paul, you want the Miz to look as strong as possible. You're not going to have a guy that's going into a program at SummerSlam 
lose along the way when you, when the other guy winning has nothing going on. It's it's just that's also WWE logic. So I would imagine that uh, the Miz is going to over the next several weeks continue to stack up victories to look as strong as possible against uh, against Logan Paul. Now, as far as Logan Paul goes, when they told me WWE did when they did the uh, I think Corey Graves said that the did you know segment that the the picture that WWE put up on their Instagram of Logan Paul signing with WWE and they said it was their most liked photo ever. I'm just like, how <laughs> are people that, I mean, the millions of people that are Logan Paul followers and disciples coming over to, to Instagram to like it. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Did WWE itself you know, fake the numbers and, and like it themselves somehow? I mean, I, I don't think so. But it's just, to me, I'm like, for real? Logan Paul's picture of him signing a guy that has had, what, one match in WWE? A guy that I think most people don't want to see and don't like got the most likes. Now, that tells you that the people that are liking this photo, I'd say 90% of them aren't regular WWE fans. They're not the ones going to the shows. They're likely not the ones who are... Uh, purchasing Peacock to watch the network. And it's probably the the crossover audience that Logan Paul himself built that is causing these high numbers of likes. Now, I, I can't believe I'm talking this long about likes on a picture, but it does speak to something larger going on here. And I think WWE is trying to tap into that. What they're trying to tap into is, and they're a business, I totally understand. I'm not crapping on WWE for this. But they're trying to bring that crossover audience from Logan Paul's millions. I think he's got like 20-some million followers, subscribers on YouTube. So he's trying to, WWE is trying to take that and monetize his subscribers and to turn them into WWE fans. And I get it. Like, there's nothing, I have nothing negative to say about that. Like, good, that's what you should do. I understand the signing. I understand the signing. You're essentially in, uh, investing in his subscribers, in his followers. You're not necessarily investing in him. His value, his worth, when it comes to dollars and cents, comes down to the number of followers and subscribers he has to some degree. That's a that's a factor. I know that sounds cold and it sounds harsh and it sounds very uh, kind of anti-human, but it's a it's a fact. So. That's, I think, what WWE is banking on, that they can kind of they can monetize even like two, three, four, five percent of his subscriber base into, you know, the w, a WWE fan and, and uh, investing money into their business. And I get it. Um, but, yeah, as far as Logan Paul goes, I mean, I, I'm not particularly interested in him. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't have any interest right now. Um, he's a celebrity. Uh, he's a celebrity signing. Not to say it can't work, but. You know, and, and Logan Paul is a good athlete. He's he's legitimately, a, I think, a, a badass, you know, competitor. No doubt about it. And the guy used to, if you guys used to remember the the app Vine, he used to be a, a star on Vine. That's where he originally got his start. So anyway, I think I'm dating myself. Let's move on to the tag team match with Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair versus Carmella and Natalia. Liv came out to celebrate her winning of the Money in the Bank briefcase. And she wasn't alone for long. But by the way, Liv had to give the sickeningly 
just uh, again corporately required statement that it's not you, it's uh, it's uh, it's not just me, it's us, it's us, it's us. I mean, come on. I mean, did she pull that right from the John Cena handbook to babyface promos? You know, I mean, it was just I don't know. I I find it so pandering. The moment I smell pandering, it it's cringy to me. I, it, it turns me off to you. You know, I don't know what it is. Don't tell. Don't tell it's me. Don't 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 insult my intelligence. Okay. I don't know, but I, some people eat it up. I don't. But Natalia came out, and she said she wanted the shot at uh, at Liv, and Carmella appeared, and then it was a two on one situation for. A brief moment before Bianca Belair came in to even the odds. And boy, oh boy, I bet you couldn't see the next step coming. You got it. Adam Pierce comes out and makes it official. And he makes a tag team match to, uh, to Liv Morgan and Bianca versus Carmella and Natalia. And uh, it, it's just at this point, it's a Teddy Long special. I mean, that's just what this is. That's all this is. But we had Carmella and Bianca start off. And they had some vicious, fairly vicious hits. And after the tag, Morgan got the pin for her team, honestly, in in a fairly long match. And uh, so Morgan gets the victory, and she should. I mean, she's the new SmackDown Women's Champion. But notice what I just said. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Why are you on Raw? No one cares. I mean, before, I mean, they they dribbed and drabbed people from SmackDown here with no explanation. Now it's just a, it's an open free market, and they're, they're just there's no explanation anymore. They're just saying and visiting from SmackDown or whatever. There's no brand split, and if they tell me this year that they're doing a draft again, don't insult my intelligence. And uh, you know, I I don't want a draft. I don't because they've shown me nothing but complete and utter disobedience to their own rules and not explaining or bothering to explain how and why people are able to to violate those rules. Uh, you know, and you're doing, you're doing something that you're not going to be benefiting from because you're not sticking to your own rules. There's benefits, big benefits to really sticking to your rules of having a brand split. But WWE can't get out of their own way in this one. And at this point, everyone's allowed on every show with no explanation. It's over, guys. It's officially over the brand split. Uh, They'll never say that because they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want it both ways. But there's no brand split. None. Okay. But anyway, Liv Morgan gets the victory for her team. We then got Seth Rollins versus Ezekiel, and, you know, I don't know what to feel about this. So, the backstory to this was at the 4th of July celebration backstage that was really out by the production truck. You could tell. I mean, it was out in the in the parking lot. They put up some tents by a production truck wherever they parked behind the arena, and they just set up, you know, food and, and all that stuff. And uh, before I get to the Seth and, and Ezekiel match, but it does apply here because that's how this match happened. You know, it's better than a food fight. I've seen 4th of July food fights that happen. 
a lot of the time, I mean, I've, I've seen them in recent memory where they happen and we're all supposed to laugh and say, hee hee, ha ha, and, you know, knee slapping, crying, laughing that I'm sure Vince does because he's 75 years old and still finds this kind of crap funny. But uh, we got, you know, we, we, we got several people who, you know, we, you wonder why they're there. You know, like, wh- wh- why is Riddle there? Why is he celebrating? You saw him. You saw a bunch of no-name people. You saw some, I think, some upcoming NXT talent. Um, and, but most prominently, you saw the Street Profits who always have to be facing the camera, always have to be saying, yeah, and then clapping their hands to, to something silly. Uh, I, I want that to go away. The, you know, as great of a match as they had the two nights before. The Street Profits gimmick, at whenever they're introduced backstage, to me is skin crawling on so many levels it's skin crawling because it's a total exposure of the business where everyone's supposed to be ignoring the camera they're the only ones who can see the magic camera and they're facing the camera every time and they just go into some promotion some kind of you know dialogue about what's going on with everyone else uh and and i I just i can't uh, i can't stomach it but the whole point of this was to get to a hot dog eating contest. <sighs> yes, a hot dog eating contest. That's true between Angelo Dawkins and Otis. However, the winner was Akira Tozawa. Now, I'm wondering if they did that because the hot dog contest typically is won by an Asian uh, uh, a person, a person of Asian descent. I mean, is that, is that what the, the joke is? You know, he ate presumably 48 hot dogs and, I don't know, 24 hot dogs for Otis and 23 hot dogs for him. Whatever. Who cares? Um, but Akira Tozawa wins and we're all supposed to be like, oh, my God, funny. And it wasn't. And Otis complained about his stomach hurting. But during that exchange, we did have uh, Ezekiel backstage also. I mean, when I say backstage, I mean out in the parking lot. Uh, spray ketchup on Seth Rollins's white outfit and Seth laughed and then he got angry and that led to their match, which was, eh, it was, I mean, really, is that, is that what we're going to say causes a match now? I don't know. Um, so Rollins and, and Ezekiel was fine. You know, I, I think that Ezekiel is showing that he can wrestle in the ring and there's some Zeke freaks, uh, Zeke freak signs and things like Ezekiel is, as over as you could hope he would be at this stage, given what they've done to his character, Ezekiel is a guy that is overperformed and good for him. Good for WWE, you know, taking Elias and, and Elrod and all, the whole weird backstory and making it into this kind of bizarre. We all know you're really, you were Elias, but we're all going to play along. That kind of thing. I'm all for it. Like, whatever, fine. And, and this match was okay. Uh, you know, and, 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 and when I say okay, I guess in terms of Seth Rollins quality matches, but Ezekiel was held up more than his end and he almost beat Rollins, but Rollins did hit the, God, I wish we still called it the curb stomp, but he won with the stomp and then he went for another stomp and that's where Riddle came in and RKO'd Seth. So I think you're starting to see the SummerSlam card begin to take focus here with Seth versus Riddle. I think that's probably where we are headed. 
So, all right, let's take a quick break for the sponsor of today's episode, and we'll be right back with much more on Monday Night Raw. So in addition to pro wrestling that I need every day, I don't know about you, I need coffee every day, and I need quality coffee. That's why I go with coffeeofvalhalla.com. They get fresh roasted specialty coffee roasted the day it ships to your door. Again, it's coffeeofvalhalla.com. That's coffee of V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A. V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A.com because the owner is a former service member trying to take care of his battle buddies. He donates 50% of the proceeds to StopSoldierSuicide.org. So order today and use discount code 10OFF, all one word, for a 10% discount or you can subscribe and save 15% off of your order. So go get some coffee again at coffeeofvalhalla.com, coffeeofvalhalla.com, guys, and also donate to a great cause and have a great cup of coffee, guys. Coffeeofvalhalla.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's move on. Let's keep going. What's next on Monday Night Raw? We've got the six-man tag team match. Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus Theory and Alpha Academy. Theory and Alpha Academy teamed up to face Lashley and the Street Profits in a six-man tag. Uh, and the heels dominated most of the action. But the baby faces kept making their, uh, their, 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 their hope spots. And Lashley eventually tagged in. He cleared the ring before knocking Gable all around, and then a massive brawl erupted, and Gable almost defeated Lashley with a roll-up. Otis then took a frog splash from Ford before Lashley got the spear and won the match. So Lashley beats the apparently very, very beatable very beatable team of Alpha Academy right now. It's, uh, you know, especially Chad Gable, who is taking the fall after fall. And so that's good. I mean, I mean, Lashley also continues upon his victory uh, last two nights ago at Money in the Bank, getting the United States Championship. He wins the match for his team and makes him look strong. Good stuff. You know, Lashley, again, is on a roll right now. And... The only issue I have with this is the aftermath, after match or math, whatever, antics. When we got the frog splash on on from Ford on Otis, and as we follow up the storyline here with Otis complaining about his tummy hurting from eating all those hot dogs, he throws up in the ring. And it looked a, like a pretty convincing throw, like puke. I mean, it, it looked pretty gross. Uh, so I don't know if he's Darren drawsed off and he can just throw up on command. Uh, I, I don't know. But either way, it was gross, unneeded. And I'm sure Vince was uh, knee slapping backstage about how funny it was. There's, I don't understand. There, what are we accomplishing here? You know, and, and also with all the good they did reestablishing Otis as a monster, reeducating, rewiring our brains that this guy is possibly unbeatable and they did a good job of that after he shaved his face we are now back to in one fell swoop vince mcmahon looking at otis as a big roly-poly jolly guy that likes to eat food and (laughs) look at how many hot dogs he can eat 
you know, um, he's back to, unfortunately, the Vince McMahon that looks at him and, and sees a, a comedy guy. Now he's eating 20 hot dogs and he's throwing up in the ring and we're all supposed to go hee hee ha ha. Like, no, no, sorry, Vince. That's not how this works. I, I think he is much better suited to be a monster heel in that group. And so that's how I feel. But man, oh man, you really need to be careful if you are a WWE independent contractor, a wrestler, you need to be very careful to never make Vince laugh ever. I mean, be as serious as you can possibly be. I mean, it's just, if you can be serious for a minute, you know, see what I did there? You need to be serious for a minute because if Vince hears you telling jokes and, and making him laugh, especially you're screwed. You want another example of how this screwed somebody? Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay has recently told the story about how he was supposed to come in as this monster heel. Triple H was working with him on the gimmick, working with him on it. And Vince overheard Brodus Clay talking to other people in the locker room, telling jokes or something. And Vince found one of his jokes funny. And well, Vince decided that the funny big guy was going to be the, the big funny dancing guy that tells jokes is going to be a better fit than the monster heel. And Brodus Clay admittedly was pissed. He felt the carpet was pulled from underneath underneath him. So I guess the, the, the rule of the land there is don't make Vince laugh. You can make the boys laugh. You can make the production crew, whoever guys, gals, Stay the hell away from Vince. As far as Vince knows, you don't have a sense of humor. Okay? That's my advice from everything I've heard. And it's it's so true when you see the 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 version and the maturity level of the humor that he Vince finds funny on the show. It it's it froze at 14 years old. So all right. Then we have a singles match, R Truth versus Gunther. Sorry everybody if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I, I'm really not. It means I refuse to pronounce it the way that they say it because it sounds ridiculous but our truth arrived in the ring dressed as uncle sam and he spoke briefly before getting attacked by gunther and ludwig big big fans of them by the way and why the hell again why are they on raw can anyone explain no they can't so truth wrestled the the ic champion uh, while still dressed as a clown but it was done pretty quickly in about two minutes. Gunther got the victory with the power bomb. It was nothing but filler. So there's no need to have him even on the show. I mean, again, unless we're just officially announcing the brand split is finished. What are we doing? All right. And then in the most unique main event of all time, something we have not yet seen from Monday Night Raw in a you know once in a lifetime event, we got Becky Lynch versus Oscar. I I know guys. Whoa 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 whoa! Calm down. I know I I didn't misspeak. I I said that correctly. Becky Lynch versus Oscar. Does that sound weird? I know it's like it's amazing, right? When when you keep two people to two two people apart for so long, and you bring them together, it's magic. All right, I'll stop the sarcasm. Uh, I mean, again, I have no problem with them in concept and in execution. They're always really good together. But, oh, my God, 
And I know this was a no holds barred match, whatever. I mean, that doesn't really help things too much. Again, the only thing I said at the top of the show that's missing is Bianca Belair at ringside, not with a headset on, just kind of staring with her whatever, you know, whatever look she has, her RBF resting blank face and just, you know, scouting the competition, whatever the, 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 the analogy is. But, you know, how many times this has in all seriousness i think the number is about is four i mean this has main evented raw four out of six weeks four out of seven weeks is becky oscar becky oscar becky oscar now becky got the victory here after a manhandle slam i.e rock bottom through a table from the second rope or the top rope on oscar so she beats oscar clean and could this be the beginning of a turnaround for Becky? I mean, I was I was hopeful that they would continue to bury her character because I want to see what a totally bottomed out Becky Lynch looks like. Apparently, we're not going to get that now. Apparently, she she has hit rock bottom. Fine. So she's on the upswing, and she's now getting victories. She beats Asuka. You would imagine this is their final time. You would imagine that this is their final match together. Uh, for for a while, I don't foresee this going to SummerSlam. You know, I, I don't know how they get you to SummerSlam with Oscar versus Becky being interesting. So I really don't know what this entails. I would imagine that Bianca has to deal with a multi-woman match at SummerSlam for her championship. I would imagine again that's probably where they might go. I'd love to see Rhea and Bianca. But it'll probably be a multi-woman match. Now, I'm not advocating for every women's match to always have a championship. I'm just telling you how WWE has booked the women. That almost every match they have has to include a championship. So, going by their logic, not mine. Again, the main event was strong. What do you expect from Becky Asuka? You know, they put each other through you know, various objects and using chairs and all that. But... I feel like a rerun. I mean, we've seen this over and over and over and over. So they know they can go back to the well with it. But uh, to me, I'm kind of done with Becky Oscar for a little while. So that is uh, that was Monday Night Raw, everybody. That was it. You know, Uh, a solid Monday Night Raw, one that did give us some SummerSlam foreshadowing. They also promoted the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match as they should have. And they uh, also, you know, told you a couple of times, including Theory, who must have memorized the promo for the for the actual uh, for the actual match between Brock and Roman, saying it was like the the last time, the last fight, last man standing. Like I'm almost positive he said verbatim what the video package said, and you know, good for him for memorizing, but it also is kind of very corporate to say the exact same thing that that the video package says. I don't know how I feel about that, but it's true. And um, I think we can all at least hang our hat on that, that it is their final encounter. Now, can we trust that at least in the short term? Yes. So, all right. Well, that is my Monday night raw review. Everybody. I really would encourage you to give that, uh, give us a five-star rating if you can, and also give us a, uh, a like, if that's a thing on YouTube. And if you want to go ad free, do that at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. That is the best possible way that you can help out the show and also go ad free on our website, wwepodcast.com. 
You can get all the video, everything available right there for you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. And tomorrow I'll be back with the mailbag. The mailbag returns tomorrow as we settle into a more normal schedule until the final week of July when SummerSlam kicks us into uh, that, uh, that next year. But thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. So in addition to pro wrestling that I need every day, I don't know about you, I need coffee every day, and I need quality coffee. That's why I go with coffeeofvalhalla.com. They get fresh roasted specialty coffee roasted the day it ships to your door. Again, it's coffeeofvalhalla.com. That's coffee of V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A, V-A-L. H-A-L-L-A.com because the owner is a former service member trying to take care of his battle buddies. He donates 50% of the proceeds to StopSoldierSuicide.org. So order today and use discount code 10OFF, all one word, for a 10% discount or you can subscribe and save 15% off of your order. So go get some coffee again at coffeeofvalhalla.com, coffeeofvalhalla.com, guys, and also donate to a great cause and have a great cup of coffee, guys. Coffeeofvalhalla.com. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time